0: After dinner, the women gave up the room, leaving the gentlemen to their port. Finally, Darcy felt an overpowering need to exhale. Whoever this Miss Elizabeth Bennet was, and wherever she had come from, she had nearly taken his breath away when he walked into his aunt's parlour earlier that evening. The intelligence that she had relations in trade now made sense. There was no longer any wonder her clothing was simple, and expensive jewellery did not overly adorn her body, as commonly exemplified by all the young ladies of his acquaintance. This bewitching creature with her amazing dark eyes and her light-pleasing figure had rendered him utterly speechless. That was until she began boasting of an acquaintance with that scoundrel, George Wickham. What impertinence! Darcy began to consider, in recollection of her earlier retorts to his aunt as well as to himself. Does that young lady not comprehend what an honor it is for someone of her standing to dine here at Rosings? How impolitic of her to utter a single word in defense of George Wickham when it was made perfectly clear to her how thoroughly that man is abhorred. Darcy's mind was so full of the impertinent stranger in their midst, that he hardly attended a word his cousin and that ridiculous Mr. Collins had to say. In no time at all, it seemed, it was necessary to reunite with the ladies. The possibility that Darcy would come back to the parlour alongside his aunt's vicar was unsupportable. As a consequence, he and his cousin languished behind until the parson was no longer in view. The colonel questioned his cousin's hesitance. Why would I wish to afford such a courtesy to such an inconsequential man? Darcy folded one arm over the other. It is insulting enough that we should be forced to be in company with our aunt's sycophantic vicar, (laughs) but having to endure his impertinent relations is beyond the pale. Oh, Darcy, old fellow, I would not be as fastidious as you for a kingdom. What objections can you have to the man's relations? His wife is very pleasant. That she may well be, but one cannot help questioning her thinking for marrying such a foolish man. No doubt the lady was guided by prudence. Since when is a woman's soundness of mind to be questioned for her decision to marry for security? Darcy shrugged. Fortunately, I have never had reason to think of such matters. Indeed, but you will acknowledge that not every one is so fortunate as you, present company included. But other than her friend being Mr. Collins's cousin, how might you possibly object to the charming Miss Elizabeth Bennet? Is she not lovely? She is tolerable, but not handsome enough to tempt me, or to excuse her impertinence. Completely unbeknown to the gentlemen, their conversation had been overheard. Elizabeth, in her desire to eschew the company of Lady Catherine, at least until the gentlemen had rejoined the party, had made an excuse of wanting to refresh herself. Not wishing to be accused of deliberately putting herself in the gentleman's paths, she had quietly slipped inside an empty room when she heard them approaching. Retreating farther into the room, Elizabeth braced herself against the wall. She placed one hand on her chest, and the other she pressed to her lips. And these are the words of a gentleman. "'The words of someone whom I admired merely hours earlier,' she considered. "'Admired in spite of his dour nature "'and even his ill regard for the amiable Mr. Wickham. "'Why, I had even begun to fancy the gentleman more handsome than Mr. Wickham. "'I am now given to consider that Mr. Darcy is not so handsome after all.' "'Smiling a little inside at this new resolve, "'Elizabeth rallied her spirits.' Not only is he not handsome enough to tempt me, I further declare that he is the one who is impertinent. What is more, he is not even tolerable.